Would you like to discover ways to become more productive, to actualize more of your potential? Methods that can help you be more organized, bringing an idea from concept to fruition. This is the second part of a four-part new course called How to Be More Productive. In this second part, we will address step two in this four-step process built on the Kabbalistic model called Bria Outline. Please join me. Hi, Simon Jacobson here, and we are in part two of a new four-part course, How to Be More Productive, based on the four-step Kabbalistic model. This program is in honor of the beloved parents of one of Rabbi Jacobson's faithful followers. So in part one of this new course, we address the issue of vision, that every process, healthy process, begins with a vision. In the Kabbalistic model, this is called atzilus. The vision of whatever it is that is being produced, created, con conceived. Vision also unifies all the details that will be necessary in the production. But before production comes vision. In part two, we will now address What's next step? What's the step number two? So briefly, it's creating an outline, a structure. Vision alone is critical because it drives the whole engine and it's the soul of whatever it is that you're creating, whether it's a building, whether it's a piece of music, whether it's a book, whether it's a business plan, whether it's a strategy at home or at work or in any given area. But vision alone is still an abstract reality. We want it to become concrete. So can you just go ahead and jump to the next step and say, let's start building, let's start writing the book, let's start composing the music? No. If you want it to be done really effectively and in a healthy way, make sure it's going to be aligned and the final product will be and maintain the integrity and and express the integrity of the original vision, you need you cannot jump step number two, which is outline. In simple terms, if you're writing a paper, for instance. So after you say, here's the concept, here's my title, here's that one line vision, what do I want to convey? Now you make an outline. You don't begin fleshing it out yet. You begin making an outline. What's an outline? An outline consists of categories, subcategories, they don't have to be spelled out yet in detail. You're just creating organized outline, a skeleton. The reason this step is so critical because it's the bridge between vision and implementation. It's the first step. And by this outline, you're really creating the, the general infrastructure then which you will then, in step three, flesh out into details.
So this is called in the Kabbalistic model step two, Bria. Bria literally means creation. To use an example, let's say you want to mold a raw piece of clay into a, a piece, a pot, or another, another uh, vessel. So first you have the raw piece of clay. You have not yet shaped it yet, but you begin to create an outline in it, which then you will fine-tune as you develop it further. Very many times I see when mistakes are made, very often it's in step number two. Obviously, the most obvious mistake is step number one when vision is not clear or not there in the first place. And you begin building without having that vision. But the second most, uh, most common mistake is the outline is not well done, which will then cause that when you start breaking into details, you'll go and see one second. Maybe step A should, should be placed as step B. Think of it as a speaker who's going to speak. They may be conveying all the great ideas, but they're not organized, which means all everything that you need is said, but it's not structured properly. So it's confusing. You want to make sure and I'm going to give an example. You want to make sure that your outline is really well structured. So if you're going to build a house, I'm not talking about the physical structure right now. We're talking about the blueprint. So you want to know where the living room is, where the dining room is, where's the kitchen, where are the bedrooms, where are the playrooms, where are the other rooms. You don't necessarily have to know all the details, but you need to know generally where they are. If you don't have that spelled out, you can have the vision, you can then build all the details, but then you'll be missing and say, one second, maybe the living room belongs here. That's in the structure of a building. You're writing a book. Before you even write chapters, you want to have not only chapter headings, you want to have section headings. I'll give an example from my book, Toward a Meaningful Life. And I remember vividly the experience of taking something from the abstract vision and then this first step of implementation outline. So I remember struggling, how is the structure of the book going to be presented? I knew what I wanted to convey. I wanted to convey the spiritual perspective that through the lens of my mentor, the Rebbe, which is really the lens of 90 generations of Torah thought in a universal way to all areas of life, the entire spectrum of life. That was toward a meaningful life. That was the, meaning, that was the vision of the book. Someone comes away, every part of their lives is enhanced with a deeper sense of meaning and significance and purpose and urgency, including the indispensable role that, each per, that you play in realizing and fulfilling that, that vision and mission of your life. But how do I structure it? Life is a very broad, a big word. So I remember thinking about it, and then I, rec I recalled some reason something came to mind trying to structure, you look for those uh, models. And I studied, I studied models. I studied how different authors, different compilers, codifiers structure a lot of information. It's really what we call today information technology, which is essentially taking a lot of data, but putting it in an organized form. You go to a website, one of the most important things is the structure right, the menu, the navigation. You can have great content, but if it's all over the place, like a warehouse with millions of different pieces, you want to know what's, what belongs in each section. You ever go to a, today it's maybe a new reality, but you go to a store, you go shopping online or in the physical world, 
You want to know where that where each uh, where each department has this is the clothing department. This is the the tool department. This is the, the the plant department. This is the furnishings. So I remember thinking, how would I structure all of life into to digestible and easy to use, user friendly experience? And based on a actually a statement in the Pirkei Avot, which is the Ethics of the Fathers, that there are three things a person should always focus on in order to keep aligned in their life. And it was those three things that struck me. And I structured the book. This was structure, outline, into three categories, which in, in turn encompass all the subcategories that would need to be covered. The first was called man, society, and God. Different way of putting it, personal, social, and theological. So personal was everything that was involved in your personal life, your interpersonal life with others. We'll talk about the chapters in a moment. The social was social things, like things like responsibility, government, technology, women and men, responsibility. And then the theological were things of faith, unity, God, good and evil. In the personal, these chapters were, and they are, in this order, body and soul. I felt that was a good place to begin. And then the chronological order of our lives. Birth, childhood, education, youth, marriage, love, intimacy, work and productivity, health and health. Aging and retirement, death, fear and anxiety. You get the idea. So the first most important thing, and that really was such a, uh, I can't explain how much time that saved, not just time, it created in my mind that structure. I was able then to take and distill many ideas and put each one, okay, this belongs in, the, in, in bucket number one, bucket number two, bucket number three. That's an example. So in each project, what you want to do is once you have established the vision, you want to create the outline. Now, of course, different, different projects or different books would different, have different outlines, but all of them have one thing in common. It's a general outline that allows you to begin to break it down into details, but not into such fine-tuned, fine-tuned details that, people, that you or anyone else will get overwhelmed. Three categories in the case that I just exa- explained. But in those three categories, each one had 17 chapters, six chapters, another seven chapters, and then a total for 30 or ultimately 31 chapters. Now, of course, chapters are also part of the outline. But that's the subcategory. So I had three categories. Each one had, and if you look at it as an outline, like an indent, a tab. So now you have three main categories, and you have chapters in each one. And we haven't even begun writing the chapters. Now, of course, in the process of working, I, I played around with it. I may have changed some titles of chapters. I may have encompassed two chapters. That goes without saying that it's going to happen as you continue to produce it. But you want to begin with this type of structure. Of course, it's the long, short road, which means it forces you now to take your ideas and whatever concept and turn it into something that can be presented. That's why in a business plan, you don't just have a whole bunch of pages. You have sections. Let's begin with the vision. Let's begin with the executive summary. And then you start spelling it out, the needs, target audience. That's all outline. 
Now, those that have experience know these outlines on the back of their hand. Like if you go to a business plan writer, they will tell you, here's the outline. Now let's fill it in. You go online, say, give me a business plan. No one's going to write the business plan for you in your specific details, but what you will have is you will have a uh, good outlines out there. You know, every business plan needs to have a mission statement, an executive summary. It needs to talk about the needs. You have to have the who's the target audience, who's the competition, best case scenario, worst case scenario. What's the production plan? What's the tactical plan? What's the marketing plan? A budget. You're missing any of all those items. The whole thing will not stand properly. You're building a home. A home needs to have, as I mentioned earlier, things that are necessary. Then there are things that are optional. And there's nothing wrong in the outline, by the way. Well, it's not a by the way, actually. If you have something you feel you need but doesn't fit into your general outline, so on the bottom, write addendum or write things to be worked in. And once you begin developing it further, you'll find a place for it. But that's not a home. You have to have, you need to have a kitchen. You need bedrooms. You need a living room, a dining room. Maybe a combination of it. A library, a playroom. Again, you can have just the minimum. I'm just broadening it. So these are sections. Then what goes in each one of them, that's already the more specific. So the outline becomes the bridge between vision into action. But it's called Bria because Bria in Hebrew means to create something. The next third step is going to be called Yitzira, which means to shape something. To create and shape is not the same thing. Create means getting the basic, basic uh, um, ingredients and elements in place. The basic structure, infrastructure, outline, and so on. And then you will start fleshing it out and shaping it. But then the shape follows the outline, not the other way around. But again, because we're human beings, none of us are going to be perfect. You want to do the best you can, you can always go back and say, you know what, I may have to rework some of that outline. It's not clear. I was just advising someone who wants to write a book about their family. They're saying, where do I begin? So I said, the first place you begin, make a document and just outline it by decades. When, does your fa- when do you want to begin the story? Even that the person hadn't thought of. He says, that's a good question. Should I begin with my parents or my grandparents or great-grandparents? I said, whatever the point is, begin, let's say it's the year 1800. So 1800, 1810, 1820, 1830. If you want larger spans, make it 1800, 1850, 1900. And then whatever information you find, put it into that bucket, into that file. That's a file. And it could be digital. And just that structure alone creates so much uh, so much calm. Because not anything comes your way. You just dump it in there. We're not even talking about organizing it within that structure. But once you have that, you already have something. Instead of getting all the data information, the interviews, the pictures, the documents that you'll need to do this, you now have a place to put them. Now you're going to go to each section and then start organizing it further. So that was the first step, is creating an outline of, in this case, a chronology. But it all depends, again, on the project. If it's something involving, let's say, with your children, you want to create a a strategic plan, especially in these days, of your children at home. So you can divide it in between schooling, play, and entertainment. Socializing with friends, family time going out, 
Once you create that, things become organized. But I want to make a key point here. This is not about coming too square where you get so stuck in structures and you lose the spontaneity and adventure of it all. Keep that in mind. The structure is there in order to organize. It's not in order to limit and confine. So there we have step number two. Atsilus, vision, and now outline. Let's talk about it a little deeper now. There's an expression that says, created, he created darkness and he shaped light. So the question is, as why is the word created used by darkness and shaped by light? The answer, obviously, is because when you have a raw piece of material that's not been shaped yet, a piece of gold, a piece of clay, or an idea that you have in general terms, you can't call it yet shaped. Light, darkness, is not just that it's dark. It also means it's not yet clear what the structure is. You ever see a construction site? So they're all common in a certain way. Obviously, their size may be different. And if you're a trained eye, you maybe could see the differences. But they all have certain basics. You see the foundation being built. You see the outline. You see the girders, the, the beams, the, all the cranes, everything that's there. It's a construction site. It'll take time till you begin to see what this building is going to look like. Now, those that are following the blueprint know exactly where they want it to look like. But at that stage, the outline stage, it's still shrouded, we'll call it, in a certain darkness. Because it's still a general outline. Now, I understand, when it comes to a book, it's not exactly that way, because you do see something. But relatively speaking, the level, step three is going to be called light. Because then you start really seeing the detailed shape of something. Whenever you see, whether it's a potter, or it's someone who creates ornaments out of gold or other precious metals, the first stage, it looks very similar. Because they're just beginning the stage of, of the beginning the, the process of shaping it. Not really shaped yet. The first thing is to create that general shape before they go and create the specifics. So in the language of the, the Kabbalists is therefore that this is called darker and this is called light. But darkness, is, which are often associated with negative, doesn't really mean darkness in a negative sense. It means that before you get to a specific illuminated detail, you want to have a more general structure. Now, when you think of it that way, what, what does that tell us in the, in the context of the cosmic level? On the cosmic level, it talks about Atsilus, step one, as being a vision. A vision does not yet have substance. Yes, of course, you can articulate it, you can write it down, but in concept, it's about vision. It's actually meant not to have substance. It's meant to be an overarching, almost reality check that hovers above the whole project, whatever the project may be, and unifies all the details. On the other hand, step two is in the language of the Kabbalists, it begins to have substance. Because now you have something that's being structured. It's still an outline, but it's something that's being structured. So sometimes the expression used is an interesting expression that the mystics use and explain the Hasidic text. It's called, I'll use the Hebrew word, Efsharius Hametzius. It means you have now the potential of something that's existent. So why is it called potential? Because when we're talking on, on the spiritual realms, and we'll soon translate that in our terms, it's not, it's not quite non-existent as the vision, which is completely ethereal and amorphous, a vision. On the other hand, it's not, you can't call it a full existence yet. 
So you say it's the possibility of existence. It means there's an existence that's beginning to emerge. To use an example, upon conception, when a child is conceived. So preconception you can call a state of vision. If you want to speak in terms of God, it would be God's vision of the soul that is about to enter this new, this new body at the moment of conception. If you want to speak from the perspective of parents, the child they envision, which may not be accurate, but at least there's a vision for it. So vision is not yet even a conception. And then after the intimacy between husband and wife in a, in a sacred way, what happens next? If it's blessed, the seed will fertilize the egg and a, 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 a new cell will be conceived. But for 18 hours, this cell will not split. But this cell has everything that this child will be in a concentrated form, in a very concentrated form, minuscule, like a seed, exactly like that. In this case, an egg that's fertilized by a seed, but like a seed in the ground, an apple seed. You look at it, it's a little seed. But you allow it to grow. You nurture it, what happens? It will develop into a mighty apple tree. Or for that matter, any type of tree. The same thing here. This cell, this concentrated cell, now will, will split, and then split again, and split again. And if you watch the development and the gestation of the fetus through its stages, first trimester, second trimester, third trimester, you actually will see the development. Today we have, due to technology, the wonder of the development in the, of the embryo from its earliest stage all the way to a full-blown healthy child born approximately nine months later. So we have with our very eyes, even though you need technology, you don't see it physically, and it takes the time that it takes, we, have, we actually have, see the process, from vision, the conception is step two. What does it look like? It looks like doesn't look like details yet. There's no arms and legs. There's no head or heart. That will only happen in the, in the next few months. That will begin to discern the shape and form of this body. That's how it is. Now, that tells you something. Because that tells you that's the healthy process of how something develops. Applying that to us teaches us how we should create something as well. should also be in that form or fashion. I'm not getting down to whether it should be a gestation of nine months or, or 18 months. That depends on the project. But it goes from what we call from the general to the specific. So vision turns into outline, structure, which will then be the general outline, like in the case of the fetus, the head, and then the emerging, the other organs will begin to develop and emerge until it all becomes a full-shaped body. And by you talking about the third trimester, you can see the child in the full intensity. The mother feels the child. And then, of course, upon birth, the umbilical, the umbilical cord is cut. So when you say that one cell, at the beginning of the process, at, at the point of conception, is that a metzius? Is that an existent entity? Or is it non-existent? Compared to the vision beforehand, you can't call it. It's, of course, something's there. There's something of substance. But compared to the fully fleshed out and, de and developed fetus and child, you can say it's still in a state of potential. But it's not potential purely in the conceptual level. It's potential in the actual level. 
So we call it potential within implementation. That's the level of outline. When you study this in the Kabbalistic texts, though it's in the cryptic language and hard to understand without being trained, it's fascinating because it demonstrates how this, this process repeats itself throughout the cosmic order many, many times over. In other words, it's not a one-time thing. Every level, as it moves to the next level, the spiritual evolution of reality, of existence, has to go through these four steps that we're addressing. And in the case we're discussing now, step number two. So you have it on the microcosmic level, on the macrocosmic level. Wherever you turn, you will find how vision turns into outline. Step one into step two, which will prepare it to go to the next steps. Another point that Kabbalists explained, which I think is a very vital one in our context, is that there's a partition. They call it a partition between vision and outline. What's the purpose of the partition? The, out, the vision is intense. It's supposed to have within it everything, the, 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 the objective, the goals, the unification of all the details that will ultimately emerge. So the vision is very intense. And it needs to be that way because it is going to be the reality check. It will be the, the, the voice of truth, so to speak, to make sure that the project is living up to what the, vision, the visionary's vision was. When you get to the state of outline, you, you don't want to be overwhelmed by the vision or else you won't be able to create a structure. And when you get excited about an idea and you're really passionate about it, that's vital. And you have a very strong vision. You now need some restraint, which is why so many people who are visionaries are not builders. Because their passion and their strength is in vision area. Very many companies, the visionary is not the implementer. The person who's doing the execution is a different type of person. It's a different personality. It's someone who has to be much more focused on getting it done than on the passion of the vision itself. Can the two be combined? Of course we want them combined, but they don't often come together in the same person. So the way it's explained is actually on a microcosmic level. This may be familiar to some of you. You know the concept of the ten spheres. So the ten spheres also break into four steps. And I'll be explaining them in each of, the, in each of these parts of this course. So what's step one in the spheres? It's called Chachma, the concept. It's true that we're talking about the concept on the visual level. That's what Chachma is. What's Bina? Bina is the outline. You're now outlining it out. It will then take on more shape when we go into step three, which will be the emotional part of the structure, which really breaks it down into the details. So Chachma and Bina, concept and comprehension, in many ways is like Atzila Sambria, which is vision and outline. Now, I know you may be familiar that Bina is more than just outline. It breaks it into details. But I'm talking now relatively speaking. So Chochme is the, maintains the, preserves the integrity. It's the reality check. And Bina begins to lay it out. But in order to be able to have the comprehension, you have to somewhat pause. Or a better way of putting it is lower the volume of the intensity and the passion of the vision. And hence the partition which can be translated into having a second person who's in the execution level. Here, I bring you a vision. 
Now, I'd like you to lay out a game plan, an outline, a structure. How are we going to get it done? Which will begin with an outline. Or the partition can be within yourself. The need to now move from vision to action, which begins with outline. I've experienced this many times. Getting caught up in the vision, it's very difficult sometimes to restrain yourself and to limit yourself into the outline because firstly you start saying to yourself, well, why this outline may be another outline. You can, you can drive yourself nuts just trying to figure out which way to implement. And that's why you need someone who's maybe a little more distant from the passionate vision who can be more practical about it. Secondly, the vision itself doesn't lend itself to specifics. You know, you're dreaming about what your home, your dream home is going to look like, or the end of your book, what kind of book it's going to be for the reader. It's hard to think in that, when you're thinking in that sense, when you're in that state of mind, think about the specific sections or chapters. And there are other factors that need to be somewhat mitigated and somewhat quieted down as you move from vision to outline, which also is a critical component in appreciating these steps. So to sum up, to sum up, we're talking about a four-step process based on the Kabbalistic model of building something, of creating something, producing, from abstract concept all the way to a final product. And this impacts every aspect of our lives, no matter what it is that you're building, or writing, or composing. And it also creates order in your own life, even on a daily basis. You know, wake up in the morning, you should have a vision for your day. Talk about a more specific vision. Then you begin the outline. And then you begin to implement it in details until you have the final product. So we've covered step two. It's step two called outline. As I suggested in step one, in part one of this course, take out a journal and, and, and have a second section called, talk about organization, called after vision, where you lay out your vision, Here's your outline. And don't be afraid to use a pencil or, or if you're doing it on a computer. And you can change and you can shift. Nothing is etched in stone. But what you're doing is creating the very basic elements for the proper journey. Like any good journey, you want to lay out the steps. So we've done step number two, outline. And next week we shall, next part of this uh, program, of this uh, course, we shall go to step three which is form, shaping it, shape and form. So I welcome you to, uh, I invite you to join me in the continuing parts of the series. This has been Simon Jacobson, MeaningfulLife.com, the second part of a four-part course, How to Be More Productive. And I look forward to um, continuing the journey with you. Check us out at MeaningfulLife.com. Please share, like, Share with friends. Send us your questions or comments. Always welcome. Not only welcome, it enriches the process. And I look forward to creating more material that hopefully can help you live a more meaningful, more productive, and fulfilling the mission and vision of your life. Be well and be healthy. Thank you. This program is brought to you by the Meaningful Life Center. Please help us continue our programs. Make even a small contribution at MeaningfulLife.com donate.